T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You want to pop in here for a couple minutes? I can say hello to you. Mr. Wanstead. Dave Wanstead. You guys are sick. I'll tell you what. NFL head coach for 11 years. The Bears came in here and Dave Wanstead, there's a happy group of overachievers that have been well coached. College football national champion. A number of legends here tonight. Dave Wanstead. Super Bowl champion. Dave Wanstead, one of my, you know, really idols. Football analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. I'm jealous though. Danny's down in Naples, Florida. I'm fond of Key West. How, how often oh, have you been come down on. Key West? Are, are, are you kidding me? Yeah. Key West, I mean, I, nobody's employed. Everybody looks like 20 years younger Everybody's, than they actually are. They're running from the divorce attorneys <laughs> or they're running from the police or somebody. Trust me. Dave Wanstead. I see light mango, 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 mango. With Parkinson Spiegel. Where's Spiegs? On 670 The Score. Where's Spiegs? Where's Danny? David Hall, Adam Hogan for Parkinson Spiegel. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It is that time. It's Thursday at 4. The bourbon is flowing. Dave. This is not the way we drink in the mornings. We're usually caffeine fueled and then drinking coffee and you're walking in and now we're I'm I'm looking at a glass of bourbon on ice. Uh, well it's Here's to you. Thank you. Yes, cheers to you guys. I love it. Shane, Tanny. Uh it's it's a little different uh mindset here as we everybody's, a little bit. everybody's heading home in their cars or listening. Yeah. You know, hopefully they've had a great day and uh we're just kind of getting the things off and running. Yeah, we're Spigs and Adam. Great to be on with you, and I see David every week. I tell you what, before I leave, I gotta remind uh, Tanny. Remind me to fill out my application for a full time job here. Uh, the last four weeks I've been here, I haven't seen Spigs and I haven't <laughs> seen uh, Danny Boy. I tell you so what. So you want to get on the payroll because the ghost payroll you can get paid for not showing I, up. I don't know. I'm part time, but yeah. I don't know. You know, uh, Danny sent me pictures from Florida. It's just been. Been, uh, you know. Well, Dave, you have about seventeen jobs anyway. You don't. Do you need an eighteenth? No, I don't. Yeah, but coach, I don't don't understand this because to me, it's still football season. I don't don't care if it's the holidays. It's football season. I I take my vacation when football season's over. Yes, that's that's usually the way it works. I mean, it's. uh, But, uh, uh, yeah, it it is definitely football season. It's winding down for a hurry, though, in the Bears. It is winding down, and thankfully it's winding down on Sunday at Soldier Field, Bears-Vikings. Dave, it's also today. I want to get your perspective. We'll we'll start out with this. January 5th, 1923, Virginia McCaskey was born. She's 100 years old today. I know that as a former head coach of the Bears, you have uh, had 
access and you were privy to having a relationship and the privilege of having that relationship with the McCaskey family, not all of us can relate to. Um, how would you put into perspective or describe your relationship with her and just today how to celebrate Virginia McCaskey turning 100? Well, I've I've always said this, you know, and it's it really goes starts with Virginia because it was really Virginia and Ed McCaskey. Uh, you know, Michael did the interviewing and all that stuff. But when I got hired here, you know, they owned the team. They had the, you know, as they still do. I mean, Virginia and Ed, they would stamp any big decisions that were going to happen controlling the organization. Uh, even though they weren't doing the groundwork for it, it they had the final say-so, yes or no. Uh so I always had – I call her Mrs. McCaskey. I mean, I always had a great rapport with her. She has been the cornerstone uh, for this organization. And I think everybody out there – when I left the Bears and people wanted me to turn on the McCaskies and say, oh, you know, they didn't spend money, they didn't give you this, they didn't do this. And I said, you know something? The McCaskey family, they are good people, real good people, and they want to win a Super Bowl. No one believes this as much as anybody. They truly do. And everybody has their different ways of going about it. But as far as wanting to win and loving this city, uh, it doesn't get any better than than Virginia McCaskey. And, you know, it, 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 uh, two years ago, I was at the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And, you know, they have it in August or end of July, I'm sorry. And, it's used, and it was a hot day. It was 90 degrees. And it's outside in a stadium. And everybody sits there, and that's where the whole thing happens. And it's, it, it, and everybody's crammed in there, and it's just very uncomfortable environment if it's hot. And it was very hot. So I'm, I walk out, and I was there. Jimmy went in the same year, Johnson, and Jimbo Covert did. And I walk out, and the only chairs that they have for you to sit on are these metal folding chairs. Chairs. And I look over, I'm walking around, and who do I see sitting on a hard, fold-up metal chair in 90 degrees but Virginia McCaskey? Hmm. And she's sitting there in the midst of the Bear fans, uh, Jimbo Covert's family, ex-Bear players. And I thought to myself, you know, all these other players that are being inducted here today, you know, I don't know if all their head coaches even showed up or the owners even showed up. And here is Virginia McCaskey in this environment sitting there to see one of hers, Jimbo Covert, being inducted into the it, Hall of Fame. It is remarkable how many events she attends still. Yep. That she goes to games. And I don't know how much she still travels, but I do yeah. think there are games to which she does travel. And so at her age, given the demands of travel, she's still very involved. You've seen her around. Yeah, and yeah. I was going to ask you that, Coach. When, when you when you were coaching there, how was she there on a daily basis? Because because now it's almost uh, and I don't again same to your what you just said, David. I don't know how much it's been this year, but in past years you would know the day she would be there because the Cadillac would be there in front yeah. of the building, and it was kind of an event. You knew like Virginia McCaskey is at House Hall today, um, but I'm curious. Back then, was was she there on a daily basis? Was it less? No, no, okay. she she was not. But Ed was there at the time, and and Ed was there during my whole time, and uh, Ed had his office right there on on the main hall, right down the hall from mine. And I would love to go in and and talk with Ed once a week. We would sit down, and he would tell me stories 
about when he first married Virginia and Coach Hallis was coaching the team and he was doing the PR for the team. He was virtually every, everything. Think about that. He would finish coaching the game and then he would get in his car and drive down to the Tribune and he was the PR guy. And he would, he would, he would yeah. write the story to put it in the newspaper the next day. So, so Ed's telling me these great histories. So he, he, he tells a story of, um, and you know, of, of when they played the Steelers and he says, he's standing in the locker room and all of a sudden there's a banging on the door and George, and it's after the game, they had played the Pittsburgh Steelers here in Chicago and there's another knock on the door. And finally, George Hallis kind of like motions, open the door. So he opens the door, and who comes walking in? But Art Rooney Sr. He's got the big <laughs> cigar, and in front of the team and everything, he says, uh, George, we agreed that you'd give me $500 if I put my team on a train and brought them up here and played you guys, and I'm not leaving until I get my $500. And George says, oh, give me two minutes here, and I'll get in the office and give you your $500. <laughs> and – uh, you know, so, I mean, stories like that. I mean, he, he talked about, you know, when, when they would literally pass the hat. Think about this now. With the, you know, with coaches and players and everybody's making everybody in the organization, that they would play the game and they would pass the hat. And he, and he said he stood there and, and Coach Hallis would get the hat and they would unfold the hat. And, okay, you know, Adam, here's, you know, 25 cents for you and David, 25 cents for you and 25 – and that's how they got paid uh, when it all started, you know. To, so he, the stories, and you know, with with Coach Hallis and with Virginia, obviously being right there, uh, I, I appreciated that as much as anything, as far as getting to know the McCaskey family, Virginia and Ed, and and just the history and love they had for this team. And What's remarkable do. too, Dave, is that Virginia McCaskey being the matriarch of this family business, essentially, the football team, the Bears, worth $5.8 billion. But she's an accidental matriarch in, in many ways because nobody really expected the sudden death in 1979. The last mm. day, I think, of the regular season, George Hallis Jr., Muggs, yep. had a heart attack and died. And at that moment, then you look at, what Virginia never really anticipated. She always had Ed as well, but and Ed after Ed passes. But Virginia McCaskey, uh, not going to pretend to know her well, but anyone who's been around, very reserved, very mannerly, very uh, kind of um, more comfortable in the background. Now thrust into the center right. of this football operation. She is the matriarch. And I just wonder, in your experiences with the McCaskies, how – you how they talk about that and how much you sense they always have protected her because they're always sensitive to that whether it's George or Pat or whoever the case is in the family there's there's this invisible wall built around her they try to protect her and insulate her from the type of criticism that comes in Chicago with being a McCaskey yeah always have and she was you mentioned you know going to away games I mean we would get on the plane and she would be sitting there rosary would be out and she'd be saying her rosary. Yours or hers. Both. You know, both, both. You know, I had two in my pockets. <laughs> and, uh, and, she, and and then after the game, you know, uh, we win. Let's say we're flying back. And she would be saying her rosaries and, and doing her knitting and stuff. And as soon as the landing gear went on, Ed McCaskey would start singing Chicago, Chicago. And he would start, you know, he could really sing. Yeah. And, and he would start singing as the plane landed. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Great, 
great memories with with really great pictures or great people and 100 years old that's uh that's pretty awesome pretty awesome yeah happy birthday to Virginia because because let me make this point we criticize the head coach we criticize the quarterback we the assistant coaches every, every but you know how much stress and 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 criticism is on the owners a lot and and particularly in the McCaskey family here in Chicago and she reads it she hears it she feels it. Trust me. Well, and I also and, think and it's she, interesting. And, and she carries it on her shoulders. She, and she takes that responsibility seriously. It's yep. more than just in name, Dave. And we heard yesterday from Matt Eberflus, who was asked about Virginia McCaskey, and he told the story, like I'm sure every head coach, like you could relate to, meets Virginia when they, when, when Mrs. McCaskey, when they take the job, and she says, I'm going to be your biggest fan. And what's interesting of, uh, about that is that y- you know that you know that it it comes with these challenges of uh, the fan base. It's it's a love hate relationship with the Bears. They yep. love the Bears, but they're trained to not like the owners so much. And right. yet the owners, as you have told the story, you told it last Tuesday morning, this past Tuesday morning. What's the number one uh, most important thing for the head coach? Please the owner. How about the second thing? Please the owner. What's the third thing? Please the owner. Yeah. And you've always got to have that rapport between owner and coach. Absolutely. And and they were and, and they were always visible. I mean, always there. You know, so it wasn't a situation where you see some of these NFL teams where all the, you know, the owner owns the team, but uh, they're never around. You can never really reach out to them, get in touch with them. It's just the com- complete opposite with Virginia and how she's really structured this thing and and now George and and the rest of the family. So before we get on to the decision not to play Justin Fields and what's going on Sunday, wanted to get your thoughts in the context of this offseason, which begins on Monday. And it's related to uh, the McCaskey family. It's related to the Bears organization. They're still looking for a president. We talked about Kevin Warren. How big, in your memory, you've been around the Bears now for 30 years. You're familiar with the franchise. How does this offseason compare with past offseasons in recent Bears history? Well, they're all exciting. You know, I mean, every off when the season's over, if your team doesn't go to the playoffs, every team, all the fans, everybody flips gears, and now it's, boy, we're going to have a great draft, and we're going to do a great job in free agency, and on and on and on. So uh, that's going to happen here in Chicago. But, but I think the thing that's different this year is we've got a lot of draft picks. We've got more money to spend than any than anyone else, and we have a quarterback that the fan base and and everybody's believing in that this can be the guy that takes us to the next level. So I I think it's going to be an exciting off season. I really do, uh, for all those reasons that I just mentioned, uh, and um, you know obviously we won't know anything till next year because whoever we draft or sign, they're going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened to Chicago. Trust me. I've lived that. Can, can you give us an idea of what Matt Eberflus might be dealing with this week with the decision to either play Justin or not play? And I and they've already made a decision he's not playing, and it, I think you can understand that. But coaches kind of have to wiggle around that a little bit, right, And what they say publicly. And, yep. he's, and he's been very adamant, we're trying to win every game, and then – Sitting your quarterback goes against us. I, I mean, is he kind of just sort of stuck and backed into a corner here with what his messaging's been versus what's probably best for the franchise this week? Well, I, I think it was made – I think the decision was made easier on him, Adam, because if if Justin was 100% healthy, 
I think the guy plays. I really do because Justin wants to play, and he has said it. Yeah. And Matt, it's important to him that uh, that okay, Justin, we're going to sit you down, but um, I don't know. Give me a name. You know, it, it doesn't. Chase Claypool, you still have to play. Claypool. Cole Komet. Uh, Cole Komet, because yeah. we know he'll be out yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, Cole Komet, but we're you're going to have to go out there and play. You know, I mean, I, I, that would have been a touchy situation from a head coach's perspective, in my opinion, in my opinion. But at the end of that game, I, I thought that they were going to pull Justin in. When he was limping, coming back to the huddle, you know, when he got banged up there uh, with his ankle or, or Achilles or leg or knee, whatever it was, his leg, uh, they uh, he finished the game. He finished the game. But when they came out and said that he was banged up and he was hurt, I mean, I think it was. But a- I don't buy that if this were a playoff game, he wouldn't play. If this were a playoff game, he'd find a way to get on the field. Oh, I would think so. Yeah, I, yeah. Now, I don't know about the extent of the injury, you know? I mean, well, Dr. Poles read the MRI and told uh, Matt Eberflew said it was a bad, bad enough not to play. Who did? I mean, Dr. Poles, <laughs> Ryan oh. Poles. Oh, 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 oh. You, you, I don't know. They, I don't know. Okay, but how often does the front office intervene and make the decision for the head coach? They, how much pressure I don't is on the they, head coach? If, if they do, then, it's, then it, it's a bad situation, in my opinion. Really? Absolutely. So that doesn't happen as much as we might think? Nope. Nope, I don't think so. How often did you have in the course of your head coaching Never. I, well, I was the head coach and GM I at said, the Dolphins. That, that kind of helps when you are the boss of yeah, yourself. Yeah, so so, but, but even so... I mean, I had Rick Spillman and George Payton there. They were my and George, and they did all the personnel. I didn't right. do anything. They just right. come in and said, "Coach, take a look at these guys. What do you think?" This, and I said, "How do you see them?" This is all this. Tell me more about them. You know, and then you make the decision. So I trusted those guys, uh, and so it was always a group decision. It was the same thing here at the Bears. You know, I mean, really. Uh, so I, I think that Ryan Pose, I could see the scenario him walking in saying, "Matt, what do you think?" Uh, you know, and, and Matt saying, "Well, I don't know. Let's see how his how his foot." And the doctor comes up, and the trainer says, "Well, he could probably play, but I'll tell you what. You know, he's not full speed. We're going to have to limit him in some things." And now, now it's an easy decision. So, at what point in that conversation do you think the draft implications came up? I don't think it does. I really don't. I, I mean, if you're not going to have the first pick of the draft, I think if the there's going to be two or three quarterbacks that everybody in the country wins, so you might get a little bit more draft. But if you're picking second, in my opinion, or you're picking third, you're going to get – if you stay there, you're going to get the guy that you want because it's going to be quarterbacks early. And if you trade Don, so you might not get quite as much value for the third pick as you do the second pick, but you're going to get plenty, plenty of value. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, when we were at Dallas, I had, we had the first pick twice. So I've done – I've been down that road too. I, I've been trying to figure out all year – if there's been a little bit more sensitivity to the tanking conversation this year, when it's even when it's just suggested, well, the Bears it, haven't acknowledged it. Well, I know, and, and but I, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I th- I think after what happened in Miami last year, right, and the Brian Flor, the fact that Brian Flores and that all got into an actual lawsuit, I just yep. feel like yeah, true. I think there's been a little bit more sensitivity well, to it this year. But I think to some degree, up until last Sunday against the Lions, which was non-competitive. The Bears have been competitive. They've been yeah, in a lot of one-score games. Yeah. So when you're watching a team compete and take teams down to the wire and play with this sort of sense of being well-coached, enthusiasm, the hits principle was in play yeah. for most of the year, you don't get that type of rhetoric because it doesn't look like a team that is checked out. You're 100 I, I agree with you 100%. In fact, David, I would say that th- last week was the first game that 
I mean, they were better. They were more ready to play than the Bills, in my opinion. They were definitely a lot more ready to play out of the locker room than the Eagles. I mean, two of the best teams in the National Football League, and the Bears came out and and got after them from get go. They they were enthused and they were doing everything they could to try to win that game. So last week they put their guard down a little bit. This is going to be a tough week, not just here, but uh, you know, emotionally, there's so many things going on around the league right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, not just with with the injury to the to, to uh, Demar, but but I. Just with some teams are alive, some teams are out of it. You're playing your backup, even the teams that are in it. You know, it's Tampa Bay. I talked to somebody today uh, early on. They were going to play Tom in the first group a lot. Now they're talking about maybe a quarter or two. You know, they're not sure. So I think every team's going through that right now. A lot of teams are going to be watching that scoreboard. Dallas is going to be watching. They're playing the same time as the Eagles. Think of this. So if you're Jerry Jones... Uh, or Mike McCarthy, you know, you're sitting there. If the Eagles jump out to a two or three touchdown lead at halftime, Dak Prescott's going to be on the bench the second half. He's not playing. I'm sure Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody will be talking about that and more tonight at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Offside Sports Bar and Grill, located at 680 Southeast with Drive in Woodstock from 7 to 10. While you're enjoying the broadcast, register to win future Bears tickets and other prizes. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. Well, we're sipping bourbon here. So when we come back, Dave, you are a pit guy. You're a former head coach. You have a lot of – and a former Bills assistant, so you have a lot of people that you know affected by DeMar Hamlin and what happened to him. we got some good news today. We'll talk about that next. Dave Wanstead in studio. Adam Hogue, David Haw in for the guys at Sparkins and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Onstead. And I'm always available unless I'm doing something. Uh... With Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. Welcome back, Parkinson Spiegel, David Hall, and Adam Hogan for the guys today. Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Dave wants to making his regular Thursday appearance, and he brought bourbon. Wow, this is a big change for me, drinking bourbon behind the microphone, Dave. This is not coffee in the morning trying to get going. This is the end of the day. Thank you for 
kind of unwinding with us here. This well, is, this is fun. Yeah, this is uh, this is what we do. It all started in Naples when I would I generally would be leaving now and being you know be down in Naples till June, but uh, we had you know we lost our house during the hurricane, so I'm going to be basically here. I'll be down there for a couple of weeks back and forth, but so we're doing the show down there, four o'clock, which was Central Time, Eastern Time. It's five o'clock. So I'm sitting in my back and I'm having me a bourbon. I actually had a cigar and the guys just went crazy. And they said, Woody. And I said, it's happy hour here in Naples. Yeah. And so that's what kicked this thing I off. I wouldn't light up a cigar. We might get the sprinklers on us in here. So we'll keep it, uh, stick to the bourbon. Why, why can't you have happy hour at 7 a.m.? Because <laughs> we have to go till 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was probably a few, a few Mondays where they thought about it. Yeah, there are a few Mondays that we thought about it. Okay, I want to get your thoughts because... Obviously, DeMar Hamlin is the young man, the Bill Safety, whose injury, whose near-death experience on Monday night, on Monday Night Football, has captivated a country. And I think it goes beyond just sports fans. His parents had a conversation with President Biden yesterday. His foundation has now raised upwards of $6 million. Everybody has been sending their thoughts and prayers, and it seems to... Have worked today. We got some real encouraging news. There was a, a positive report from the Bills. He was he woke up, and the first thing, Dave, I thought it was very telling, and it brought a smile to a lot of people's faces. But he wanted to know. He had to write it out because he couldn't talk. Cause he still had a tube in his throat. But did we win, or who won the game? Who won the game? And the doctors answered him and says, "You won the game of life." You know, because he didn't realize. But that said a lot of things in that that's number one, he woke up. Right. That's encouraging. And number two, the presence of mind. Absolutely. His brain is functioning to the degree where he had that kind of awareness. Just it looks like very encouraging news on the the Mar Hamlin front. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's from Pittsburgh. Come on, guys. I mean, you know, you, you, you knew yeah. that he would be tough that way. And yeah, he's actually from McKeesport, which is a town that where I'm from, Baldwin, it bumps right up next to it. Uh, we played them every year in, in in athletics. And actually, when I graduated from high school, I'll tell you, in, uh, the three biggest schools in western Pennsylvania, I had like almost 1,000 in my graduating class. <clears throat> the biggest school was Penn Hills, where Aaron Donald went and Bill Freilich. The second biggest school was McKeesport, where DeMar went. And then the third biggest school was Baldwin. So, you know, I had a thousand and, and it was all, we, we were a mill town, you know, our dads worked in mills and I'll, I'll bet you if you go back and, and talk to DeMar and I've never met him, you talk to his family and the history of it, it's, you know, where he's from, it's, it's a tough mill town and uh, uh, it's just fantastic that he's, uh, that he's made this progress in this short amount of time. It really is. If you're head coach of in the NFL, every team is affected by this. Every player yep. in your locker room is could be traumatized by this. I know that there are, you know, formal uh, efforts and initiatives. People have mental health professionals on site. But if you're just your team talking to your players, and you're a coach, Dave, how do you address that? What, what, how do you um, and would you anticipate the, the trepidation? Do you think there would be anxiety? And how do you get past that? because you're so conditioned as a player and as a coach to have this move-the-drill mentality, have the thing that injuries you compartmentalize as something that happens to other players. You can't have that fear 
and then you can't ignore that emotion, though. So it's no. a fine, fine line there. It, absolutely. And and I said, you know, he's from McKeesport, but he actually went to Central Catholic where Dan Marino went to school. Mm-hmm. So he's from McKeesport, though, but went to Central Catholic High School, which is kind of like the Loyola of Chicago for people that are listening. Uh yeah, you know, the toughest thing for me, and I thought about it because I got I got six grandkids here in Chicago. Five of them are, you know, from 15, one at Loyola, you know, down to five years old, and they're all into football. And my daughters are calling me saying, Dad, what is going on? I mean, you know, because I, I've never experienced anything like that, and, and I, we're watching it live happen, and uh, – so I, I put myself in the box right away, always as the head coach. And I'm saying, if I'm the head coach, you know, this is a tough one because I've been on the field with players when they've, you know, the broken bones and the concussions and on and on and on where they've had to been put on a stretcher, put on an ambulance and taken off. And when you walk over as a head coach, your players turn to you mm-hmm. and they say, coach, how is he? You know, how, how is he? And you say, he's going to be fine. You know, the doctor's gone. He's, he's good. And, and you go on and you play the game. In this situation, no, it was no answers. I mean, if you're the head coach of, of Cincinnati or Buffalo, you, you, what do you tell your players? Because nobody knew. So I think until today was probably a huge, huge turning point in this because up until everybody felt like he was, w- was able to respond and he was coming out of it and, he, and the doctors from the hospital – not just social media, were, were saying some factual things. I think that was a huge uh, difference maker as far as the attitude of not just the, not just the Buffalo Bills, but the entire NFL. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine having to be on the Bills coaching staff this week and trying to prep for the next game with all this going on. I can't imagine the prep level's been remotely the same or if you're the players on that team getting back on the practice field today which I believe they finally did they had to be uplifting to get this update today I I thought it was tremendously handled by Sean McDermott um, and Zach Taylor and in fact it looked like it was Zach Taylor if you're just watching on TV who came back over after they seem to be trying to resume the game and 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 that's what Sean McDermott said I need to be with my player I need to be with DeMar yeah yeah and 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 the good for both coaches and the way they handled it because I've seen this happen a couple times when I was when I was doing the sidelines for Northwestern where there was a scary hit mm-hmm. and one time where the ambulance even came on the field and and there's a lot of fear going on there but you usually get that at least small thumbs up or something that allows you to probably gather yourself and continue on with the football game and this was clearly just a different situation so I I couldn't imagine having to handle that coach no, in, in the moment no it's because a different thoughts go through everybody everybody looks at it a little bit differently and uh, uh, trying to analyze it what happened how did it ha- you know it, it's just so many so many things and at the end of the day it's the uncertainty of not knowing that's I think that's the thing that uh, that affects not just players but affects anybody you know when, when we have a medical thing. Well, you know, the first thing is, well, okay, tell me, you know, how, what, where, what, what do I got to do? What is this thing? And when you don't know and you don't have answers, it's, uh, it's, it's really tough to, to digest it and move on to anything else. Well, life comes at you fast in the NFL, Dave. You know this. So just today, if you get the encouraging news and there is a sense of relief and maybe you exhale just a little bit because you've, you've got some positive developments here. Somebody in that building in Buffalo, somebody in that building in Cincinnati, they're worried 
or in Kansas City, what's going to happen with that game? What's going to happen to the seedings? Right. I know that it seems definitely secondary, but it is there. As a football guy, if you're an executive, if you're a coach, what do you think is the fairest way to resolve this? Because it looks like, according to Mike Florio and other sort of reports, they are leaning toward just not playing that, voiding the game, and going with percentage points. Yeah, that that's what I think will happen. I, I think it'll end up in a tie between these two teams, uh, which would make, obviously, Cincinnati the division winner. It, so the Cincinnati-Baltimore game this week would mean nothing. Right. Uh, I think it puts you know Kansas City in the driver's seat a little bit. But I don't know at this point if Buffalo really cares. Going through all this this week, and, and I'll tell you the toughest thing for Buffalo, and I was thinking about this, you know, you're getting ready to play New England this week. And new, to play football in a National Football League or any, any level, college, high school, to play it effectively, you better be dialed in as much emotionally as you are physically because you can't play this game with the, I don't care if you're a quarterback or if you're a defensive lineman, you can't play this game with the physicality and all-in mentality unless you are mentally prepared to do it. You don't wake up for a heavyweight fight the night before the fight and go out and expect to win it. It builds and it builds and it builds. And, you know, with everything going on this week and they're playing the New England Patriots, and what do the Patriots want to do? They want to be physical and run the ball and play defense and not throw it much, you know. So the Buffalo Bills are in for a very physical game, and that's the biggest question mark I have is, are they going to be ready? Are they going to have a good plan? Absolutely. Absolutely on all fronts. I'm just I'm just real curious, are they going to be ready emotionally to bring that physicality that you have to bring to, to not just win in the NFL, but to beat a New England Patriots team. And it would honestly be perfectly understandable if they didn't. I, I, but I, that's where I think the positive news that came out today probably uplift, uh, uplifts everybody in that building to get mentally Yeah, it's a boost, no doubt game. about it. Yeah. I don't think they should play the game and just so be it because you can't spend a week embracing the perspective of having that you, is necessary after something like that happens and then – quibble over a schedule and yeah. how they're going to handle this. Dave, before we look, go ahead. Yeah, no, one more point on that. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking as we're t- listening to your guys' comments. You know, in in Buffalo now, going through this and with DeMar, they, they're not going to need motivation. Everybody would like to have the extra week off for rest. I right. get that. Okay. But I think that Buffalo – what I would have the mentality if I'm at Buffalo and I'm the head coach, sure, you want to buy. Absolutely. But, okay, under the circumstances, we get, we both get ties. Okay, we win a division. We got a home game, but we don't get a day off. So what? So what? You so know what? We had a major crisis with one of our players, and, 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 and we're going to prove everybody. So, I mean – that's the way coach looks at it. That's, I mean, that's, that's the way how you I would, turn it, right? And players can look at it that players way, too. Players, too, but, but persuaded by the coach. Good coaches are going to look at it that way. I, I would think so, yeah. and, and I would. I would, too. I, I would, and, you know, and, and let's let's hope that uh, by then that this thing just keeps getting better and better for, you know, for DeMar. And by the time we get to that point, uh, you know, who knows where it's at, but let's be prayerful that, uh, that it keeps turning in a positive way. Amen. Before we let you go, Jim Harbaugh, 
released a statement today. He said, "What he say? He said, <laughs> can't predict the future, but he enthusiastically expects to be coaching Michigan in 2023." Dave, I think we've heard this before. <laughs> this seems like a, re- a pitch aimed toward recruits. Although this is the same guy, as you remember, on the eve of National Signing Day, was interviewing in Minneapolis. <laughs> what do you think this means for Jim Harbaugh's NFL possibilities? Well, you know what they tell him now at Michigan. They say, "Now listen." We want you to come to Michigan, okay? Our head coach may not be here when you sign this letter, <laughs> but he wasn't here last right. year. And look what happened. And we yeah. went to the playoff game. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Brilliant. Uh, he'll be here eventually. Just just jump on board with us. And uh, But, no, I love Jim. I was texting with Jim right after that crazy loss a little bit. Uh, I don't have any idea what he's going to do. He wouldn't be entertaining these thoughts, in my opinion, if he didn't have some interest, how strong that interest is, I don't know. On on from either side, the NFL or Jim, but uh, uh, boy, he's got a. I don't know. Is there an NFL job that's better than Michigan? Uh, not I, open. I've been on both sides. Not open. Not open. You you tell me. You're the one who had the, I, the I don't know. job it's, and it's, the it all sounds NFL job. Now you know the one thing, and we should probably bring this up. The way college football is right now, between the playoffs, between the transfers, between the NIL, yeah. it is a mess, Crazy. In, in my opinion. And I do know this for a fact. Jim Harbaugh comes from – he's closer to the old school than he is the new school from that thinking. And it's he's got to deal with it. He's a lot like the Nick Sabans of the world and them. you got to deal with all these changes. But it is very tough on a guy to deal with stuff – when you're really having a, you know, you know what I mean? When you're not used to it, when it's new. Dave, the two NFL jobs you had are better than Michigan. The Bears and the Dolphins? Yeah, well, he's they're not open, are All right, yeah, no, I, that's true. I'm just saying that those, there are certain jobs in the NFL that are better than the best jobs in college well, football. yeah, maybe, maybe. That's a good debate but Dave, next time. Why couldn't, you, why couldn't you get a good quarterback in your NFL jobs? What were you doing wrong? Coach, coach on my tombstone, they're going to write, <laughs> if he only had a quarterback. <laughs> it's gonna. Be, my wife said that. I think one time she's gonna put it right at the corner of my tombstone. Did you see the video on social media? I know you're on Twitter often. Of JJ, no, McCarthy. I'm only on Twitter when my wife says, "Look what Shane cooked today on uh, Instagram." So you didn't see the video of JJ McCarthy's dad touching his girlfriend's butt? Oh, I would love uh, your take on that one. No, I did never never saw that. I don't okay. have any idea what you're talking. I'll show about. it to you later. <laughs> oh, Dave, things are going so well too. Sick. I, I know. Yeah. We almost got through the show. Yeah, we were almost. right there. Almost. Great we to see you. Looking right forward there. to this weekend, and we'll uh, we'll t- talk to you next wait, week. Wait, let, let me – Shane, next week now, is who's, who am I going to be uh, – Well, I think Danny and Speaks. I think they'll be here. Well, guess what? I'm leaving for Naples on Monday for uh, <laughs> about 10 days, so I won't be here. I'll be on the phone. So there. <laughs> You're telling me that on right. air? <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Good for him. He just did. All I right. just did. Enjoy, enjoy it, man. I'm going to, but I'll be here, but only on the phone. Okay, that's fine. But it'll be 5 o'clock in Naples. We'll figure it out. Hey, last year I did a show with you when you were on a golf court. Uh, <laughs> you were sitting on a golf cart with a cigar, I think. Yeah, I probably yeah. was. Yeah. I've, I've, absolutely. Thanks for being here, Dave. All right, guys. Have enjoy a great it. weekend. All Dave right. Wanstead, Parkinson Spiegel, Adam Hogue, David Haw in for the guys. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Ball State University, the home of David Haw. Welcome back, Parkers and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. David Haw and Adam Hogan for the guys today. And, yeah, you're playing my song, you're playing my music, Boys of Fall, Kenny Chesney, I know that anywhere. It's because I have an update for you. Thank mm. you. Since the show began, 
I've been in active negotiations with US 99 program director Marcy Brown. Oh, I love Marcy. To get you a segment with the Melissa and Austin morning show. Does Mitch know? That's awesome. Oh, I don't care Shane. if Mitch knows. Okay. Yeah, I don't care at all. Uh, don't need to tell him everything. Shane, I think I said this before. Bears repeating again. But my first job in radio way back when I was a teenager was as a country music DJ. I believe that. Yeah. Your taste is that bad. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'm going to get you. What, what's Marcy? What's, what's she offering? Uh, we're not there yet. Okay. I, I made my pitch for you. Um, I, I'm all in. I made my pitch. And I'm trying to get you at least a 60-second pre-recorded hit with Melissa and Austin that they can air at the same time that you're on the air so you can feel Gabe felt. I love it because I would love that synergy. That's what it's called, synergy. Ninth and tenth floors coming together. It's being a company man. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. I don't know many other things that I enjoy more than country music. Who's your favorite artist right now? Right now? Oh, boy. Luke Combs, probably. No, there's only one answer. Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton's very good. Saw him it's at Wrigley answer. Field. It's a good concert. Were you there this Not year? Great. Yes. The rushed concert? Yeah, it was rushed. Thank you. Yeah. So it's the only time in my life I sprung for like front tickets mm-hmm. right up front. Like in the pit up there? Yep. Right yeah. up front. It was. It, but I Adam, bought, they did it because of the. It was going to rain. I understood, but it was really frustrating. It was nobody's fault, but it never rained. It didn't rain. It never rained. They pushed it up what? I was there too. They pushed it up like two hours. Yep. And then we didn't get a full. High Women set, which is yep. Marin Morris, yep. Brandy Carlisle. Uh, I'm okay with that. Jason Isbell's wife. Yeah, I, 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 I was okay with that. Ro- but, part of it being but we rushed. also didn't get Mavis Staples. That's true. Mavis Staples was opening for the High Women. They canceled her completely, and then yeah. brought her out for the song she does with Chris Stapleton, "Friendship." And Chris, that was a great song. Chris great. Stapleton, great songwriter, terrific performer. Not not great in concert. Well, he doesn't have what? the showmanship. Not the, the showmanship. The music's yeah. great. He's not Luke Bryan in concert. He's but not he, Tim McGraw in concert. He's not a he's not a performer as much as he is a singer songwriter. The CMAs have voted him Entertainer of the Year. Well, he is entertaining, and the okay. music is poetry. I also don't care about that. I just wanted it to be longer. That's all. Yeah. And I, I and I understood it. And There's look, I get it. You guys like in. making fun of the country music. Bring it on. That's fine. We like what we like. I don't apologize for no, it. No, but see, that's the thing. I am also a fan of country music. I'm just not school. a fan of the yeah. country music that you like. Yeah, I would like to get you in on the new school, the, like the Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson. Can we get you in on that? Maybe a little. Maybe a little. Okay. I, my son listens to country music more than I realize, and he is, you know, he's a grad student at Northwestern now, but a couple years ago, two years ago or so, like, I didn't realize he liked country music, and then one of his friends revealed to me that he listened to a lot of country music, but he never told me. Because he grew up listening to it around the house a lot, and he didn't want like to, you know, you don't want to tell your dad you like what he likes. You're not cool. Hmm. But he is. Oh wait, cool. I saw you at that concert. You had your son with you. Yes, you did. Oh, I was so drunk. Thanks for remembering, yeah. Shane. I made a big impression on you. Yeah. I wow. remember now. I remember. I met you and your son. Yes, you did meet my son. There were, he was very impressed. His tattoo is cooler ev- than yours. Everybody was at that concert. <laughs> I saw Jonathan Taves there. Really? Everybody was Name there. Name dropper. St- uh, Stacy Dales was there. Name dropper. Wow. Stacy Dales more of a name drop than Jonathan Taves. <laughs> Hockey hater? No. I, I both. Know. Yeah, maybe. I like both. She is a football person, so She's possibly. Person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Stacy Dales is a great asset for the Mullion Hall show every Wednesday at nine o'clock. Our uh, our market manager Rachel Williamson and her seven foot two husband brought me and a friend down into the nineteen fourteen club before that show, and we found out the very hard way that for concerts none of that stuff is free. 
You know, it's all, all free for the Cub game. She didn't know either. But we all, she's like, hey, we've got extra tickets. Come on down here with us. We went down there, and a hot dog was like 9.50. I remember that. I remember. She I bought re- us dinner, though. Yeah, nice well, lady. That's, that's nice. That, that, that was fun. It's a good I, show. It was a good show. You going to see Zach Brown this year at uh, Windy City Smokeout? That's a definite possibility. Ooh, that sounds good. I like Zach Bryan at, at Windy City Smokeout. Yeah. Darius Rucker at Windy City Smokeout. Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan. All, all, all the headliners. Uh, yeah. I, guy I, I'm warm. not the biggest Luke Bryan guy. Neither am I. But I do uh, think he's good in concert. Um, yeah, I love country music. Thanks for the diversion. I'm looking forward to that offer. I'm and looking for that synergy. No. no. Phil Emery cut. Oh, Still man. Still looking. Yeah, Still I'll, looking. I'll keep you updated. Thank you, Shane. You're there for me. I appreciate that. All right, we come back. Jason McKee, former Bears fullback, former Bears blocker of De- for Devin Hester, teammate of Devin Hester. He's going to talk about the Hall of Fame finalists. That was news today. Good news for the former Bear. We'll talk to Jason McKee next. It's Parkinson Spiegel, Adam Hogue, David Haw in for the guys. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.